welcome everybody to Local Yokel, the podcast dedicated to animal sounds found around the farm. Mm. Last week was moo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With me this week is Stephen Robles. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I didn't have an animal sound prepared. I'm sorry. I'm not good. Ed. I stole your moo as yeah. the serial cow tipper. I assume mm. that's the one you wanted. You know, it's funny. You make these comments not understanding that I might have a history in what you're saying. I have been to Wachula, Florida, but I'm not going to say any more uh, because I don't know if cow tipping is illegal. So anyway, uh, let's get into the show <laughs> right now. Listen, we have amazing listeners. Our audience is incredible. And we actually wanted to start giving shout outs to everyone. We have had eight five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts just in the last few weeks. And so because you guys are awesome, we want to start giving you guys shout outs. You guys are like writing full on like posts in these reviews, which is amazing. There's like questions in there too, which is awesome. Now the names in Apple podcast reviews get a little weird. Like, I don't know, you know, some of it is just like random letters and numbers, but you'll know who you are. That's their given name and you're now mocking them. No, no. They're going to be hurt. Their parents named them GTI underscore 13. (laughs) And I guess you have offended them greatly. They're going to change it to a two star review. No, no, no. So sorry. Don't change your review. You could leave another five star. That's fine. No, but silly JB from the USA, Ron 1124, a Johnson K Johnson K <laughs> I didn't think this through before that. Wow, I'm butchering all of these. I'm so sorry. <laughs> GTI 13, as Andrew mentioned, thank you for doing that. Tim Rand, that's probably like a real name. Thank you, Tim. I think I've seen Tim around Twitter. So thank you, Tim. James F. Fit, he is from Great Britain. We have a lot of listeners over there in the UK, so thank you for that. Newsguy42201, thank you for your review. And this guy's from New Zealand. We've got listeners like on the opposite side of the globe, Andrew. Asterix NZ, which that's a pretty good name. Asterix with an X. That's pretty good. So anyway, yeah. thank you to everyone for subscribing. I think our YouTube channel is at like 1.2K now. And it keeps going up. I don't even have to put yeah. glitter in my beard. Again. I know. It keeps going up. It's awesome. So thank you guys. You guys are awesome. We appreciate your support. Also, I want to plug next week. We actually have a very special guest coming on the show. Who? Who? Tell us. We want to know now. <laughs> Jennifer Tui from The Verge theverge.com which is i don't know you might have heard of the verge it's a little website they cover technology and things like that but jennifer tui is actually one of their first smart home reporters actually covering the smart home space she did a special uh, episode of the verge cast with dieter bone on matter and so she's actually going to come on the show and we're going to talk about home kit and smart home stuff so next week you got to tune in it's going to be awesome thank you jennifer all right We'll get to some news, Andrew. Yesterday, I had to update every single one of my devices throughout the entire house because iOS 15.3, iPadOS 15.3, watchOS 8.4, tvOS 15.3, HomePod OS, which is not really a thing, is 15.3, uh, everything. Everything got updated. And I actually wanted to mention, I don't know, did you notice any uh, big improvements? I noticed one in the HomeKit arena. That uh, got improved. No, not really. I mean, I've been beta testing most of these things for a while, so... It's sometimes, you know, unexciting for me when a release comes out because it's something that I've been playing with for maybe a couple months, maybe. So I didn't know there was anything specifically that I noticed in these updates as it pertains to HomeKit out of the gate. That, I mean, the biggest change from all of them is probably the fact that there was a new watch face available, Unity Lights, right. which has nothing to do with HomeKit or anything. But it was hidden until Apple made their like PR announcement uh, on like Tuesday. So that was like ready to go. But that was pretty much the biggest thing that I noticed in there from me and my side. So I noticed, because I saw some people talking on Twitter about this, is when you open the Home app, if you have HomeKit cameras in there, the thumbnails were like super old. 
And I had been noticing that, that whenever I opened it, the thumbnails were hours old, maybe even like yesterday, basically the last time I opened the app. But I did notice with the new iOS 15.3 update that those thumbnails are now like seconds old now. And so, you know, it actually has like a few seconds here and there. And I don't even have to tap into the camera to kind of see a recent shot. So that was a very welcome update. One other thing I noticed, which was interesting, I took a screenshot because I I thought you would think I was crazy, but the HomePod update, because HomePods were updated also, it said 15.3, let me turn the brightness down so it actually looks okay on camera. It said that 15.3 adds Siri voice recognition support for up to six users in a home. Now, I thought, because I have multiple users in my home, I was able to turn on voice recognition. I thought that was already a thing. Was it only for one person or is this like a bug fix? No, it's it's now coming to other countries. Okay. Oh. Not just the US. So yes, there was already the multi-voice recognition oh, right, 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 in right. the US and now it's expanding to additional countries. You know, I wonder, it says India English here as one of the countries. Do you think that my son actually has his Siri set up for the Indian voice for English? Do you think that would have affected voice recognition? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Okay. That's interesting. So it's coming to new countries, also performance and stability improvements, which, you know, we have people always talking about shortcuts and weird things that HomePod is doing. So let us know if you see improvements. I know that the camera thing in the home app was definitely fixed. It's an improvement. And, you know, it was a big point update. It's point three, but there's not really new features for iPhone or anything. There was some Safari bug fixes where your history, uh, it was used to be on the dark web and now it's not. I'm just kidding. It's not really that. But it did fix some kind of vulnerability for Safari browsing history or something like that. So so there you go. Next piece of news, I wanted to highlight, this is actually an article from HomeKit Authority. He put together all of the compatible door locks that are currently working with HomeKey. It's not a huge list because there's only a couple. Um, I mean, it's basically the the Schlig. I think I pronounced that right. I think I got Correct. it. Correct. Look at you go. I think I did it. Look at you go. Using words. That's right. Pronouncing it properly. And then the pronouncing uh, yep, things. Yep. And then the Akari A1 Akari. <laughs> I got the Schleg and then I messed up Akara. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know what just happened. The Akara A100, which is not available in the US yet, but is that super futuristic looking lock. So I think he's going to be keeping this updated. So that's cool. Very welcome to see what locks support ohm key. Then this piece of news looks really cool. So Nanoleaf, we all know Nanoleaf, they do the shapes on the wall. They have those cool lines thing that you did a review of of a few months ago. They actually are partnering with Hoffa, a company I've not heard of. They're making a smart mirror with thread. Now, the mirror, it's not like the mirror has a screen in it or anything, but this mirror has a ring light around it, I guess, to really help, you know, if you're doing makeup or something in the ring or shaving and you really want that good light on your face, it'll actually have thread and HomeKit support in this light ring around its its circle. It's just a circle ring, and uh, you can change the color temperature, but looks pretty cool. Uh, it's not going to be cheap. It looks like this might be like several hundred dollars, like around $600. At least that's what the conversion is right now. We'll have to see if it, if and when it comes to the U.S., but I thought that was a cool idea, you know, kind of a vanity mirror, smart light mirror thing. I agree. We had that one that I saw out at CES that had... Um... AirPlay 2 slash HomeKit built into it, which is pretty neat, but they didn't have lights. And I thought that was like the one missing opportunity there. Like you've got a smart mirror, you've got HomeKit, you've already went through that HomeKit certification and you don't have any lights around the mirror, the vanity, anything like that. So I thought that was a missed opportunity with them. So I think this is a great option. to have. Yeah. 
All right, so that's that one. And final piece of news, Philips Hue has a trio of HomeKit-compatible outdoor wall lights that are going to be coming out. So we all know Philips Hue, lots of stuff. They're actually coming out with lights that will literally go for the outdoors, outside. They can mount to like the wall, things like that. Looking to be around like $100 or so. This is coming early March, possibly even March 1st to the U.S. and Canada. And again, there's three different lights. They range from like $100 to $170 or $160, it looks like. Welcome additions. Cool to have outside wall lights that actually change color if you wanted to do that. I know. I like the sconces a lot. Those look really neat. Sconces. Look at you. Fancy. Sconces. Fancy. That was the news. Now, I wanted to give an update because I think it was on last week's show, maybe it was two weeks, where I bought the Wemo stage controller on air, as I do, you know, as customary. <laughs> and I have, to, sure. I have to say, it's kind of the first physical HomeKit control I think I've had, maybe ever. I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've had like buttons and stuff like that. And I have to say, it is amazing. I was wondering how that was going to go. I was, I was expecting like, yeah, Andrew was wrong and it sucks. Like I was, that's what I was half expecting you to say somehow. No. And I'm glad that that is not what you said. It is no, 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 no. It is awesome. So I know you've explained this before, but it was new to me. You know, you basically have six triggers, short presses on three buttons, long presses. And the reason why I got it is because I have some scenes set up for my kid's room that turns off the lights. It has a light strip that dims down. And then we play music at night, like just like soft instrumental music. And my five-year-old daughter was always the one who wanted to trigger it, but she could never get Siri to get it. I would try to program shortcuts with unique phrases. I did like chocolate dog as a shortcut name because I was like, it has enough consonants and is unique enough where I think it should be able to trigger the voice. But I don't know if me scheduling or me creating the shortcut doesn't allow her to run it because it's her voice. I'm not sure. So Siri just, it just was not triggering the scenes consistently. And it was kind of an annoying thing every night where kids are yelling at the HomePod and it's not doing anything. So Wemo stage controller, I program the scene at the press of a button. One button adjusts all the lights in the scene. And then the second button starts playing a specific album on repeat on the HomePod in their room. And it is beautiful. They don't have to yell at Siri. They don't have to even talk to the HomePod. They just press one button and everything triggers, and it's awesome. It did take me a second. I had never, I guess, scheduled or programmed music to play in a scene, and I was racking my brain because I was trying to do it from a shortcut. I was like, create shortcut, play an album, and let this be the trigger, and it was not working. I didn't realize when you set up like the Wemo stage controller for this HomeKit scene, you just choose a HomePod as one of the devices you want to control. You know, you have all your home devices, you just choose the HomePod, and when you do that, you can select a playlist, a specific album, a song, and even set it to repeat and set the volume all in one go. And that is part of the HomeKit scene specifically for HomeKit, and you don't have to mess with a shortcut at all. So once I realize that, it's beautiful. And then the long press uh, pauses the music if they want to do that, and then I did the third button as like a good morning, turns on the lights to a dimmer setting, and it's just awesome. Uh, it took a while for the Wemo stage controller to find its update. You know, that was the big news was that it had the thread update, which the firmware I think is 2.9.3 with thread. And for some reason, the home app was just not like surfacing the update. Like I would refresh and I think 296 is to 296. It, it's along those. I, I said the number a lot. And 296 feels like it's right, but I don't actually know. Well, I'm going to go right here to my home Wemo stage. Okay. No, you're right. 2.9.6. I wrote that 
two weeks ago and I still have 296 <laughs> burned into my brain. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, apparently that update also adds double presses. That wasn't there before the update. Yeah, that's what I was going to... Yeah. No, and I, I had to go and revise stuff because the original one, you had a single press and a long press. You had six total. And then now they added the double uh -huh. press in there. So there's three controls for each button. So there are nine commands Whoa. available for the remote. And then when you get into conditionals, it's like unlimited. Like each of those can go check the status of a light and then perform an action. And it's it's a lot. You can, you can do a ton with those buttons. If A, you remember what they do and B, <laughs> program them all. That's amazing. Um, and this is like when you choose a HomePod, this is the controls you get uh, right there when you choose like you can play, pause, resume audio, adjust volume only. Choose audio is where you would pick the album or playlist and then you can even set the volume when this scene gets triggered. It's awesome. Love it. So anyway, the update didn't come right away. I kept refreshing. It didn't, like the home app wasn't saying update available. I tried to go to the Wemo app to see if it would surface it. And then Wemo was like, do you want to remove all your automations to bring your device to Wemo app? I said, no, I ain't messing with that. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> so I didn't do that. After a couple of days, it just updated. It, I like, I went, looked there yesterday and it was on 2.9.6 and I was like, okay, I guess it's, it's just going to do it by itself. So it did just took a couple of days, but man. I love that thing. I'll probably be buying several for the new house. I was just going to say, like, how many have you bought now since then? How many have you well, added to cards? I'm going to wait. I got some stuff, other stuff that I bought for the house right off camera that I'm going to be revealing in a moment. <laughs> but when we get to the new house, I'm definitely going to be getting a few of those because it's just so much easier. Like one press of a button, trigger a bunch of different devices to do a thing, especially with kids who don't always like speak with proper diction. <laughs> like it is. Amazing. It's true. So I just want to say as a follow-up, Andrew obviously reviewed it already, but just from my experience, love it, worth it. This episode of HomeKit Insider is brought to you by Hunter Douglas. Who doesn't love to live well? To be perfectly at ease in the comfort and style of your own home, well, Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. You've heard us talk about Hunter Douglas before on this show. Andrew already has the shades. I've actually just ordered some Hunter Douglas ceiling fans for my new home, and I'll be retrofitting several rooms with the Hunter Douglas shades myself. They didn't give it to me. I'm paying for it because it's some of the best shades that you can get, and they're HomeKit compatible. Maybe it's because you want to diffuse harsh sunlight throughout the day and cast beautiful shadows, or it's the superior insulation that shades provide. They even have blackout shades, which in my office, I want it to be able to black out the sunlight at certain points of the day. Hunter Douglas has options for that too. And when you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation, morning, noon, and night. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com HomeKit today for your free Style Get Smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's HunterDouglas.com HomeKit for your free design guide. The link is in the show description as well. Our thanks to Hunter Douglas for sponsoring this episode. You actually have something going on. You got one of the MagSafe products that we talked about last week. Yeah. Andrew, reveal. What do you have? Wow. Wow. This is the Belkin. Okay, hold on. You got to get the full name here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only accurate if I say the full name. Right, right. So that way you know 
Belkin Boost Charge Pro Portable Wireless Charger Pad for MagSafe. <laughs> That's what they have named it. Uh, sure, sure. Great name. Great. Love it. Yeah, wonderful. This thing is awesome, and I'm still just grappling with the price. Like, I'm even asking my wife, like, okay, this is a really cool cable. But. You know, what would you, like, rate it, and do you think it's worth it? And, like, even she's like, I think if it's for something like it's quality... Yes, it's more. It may be a ridiculous amount more. It may be things that other people aren't going to pay, but the quality is there. And that's what I feel like with this cable. I mean, they've gotten so many of the little details on it. So you got nylon braided cable. It's got like this heathered fabric look to it, which is really neat and really in right now. I even before I even had this, I was writing like a factual pre-write, just going through the basics of this thing that I know before I get it in my hand. And I was like, I feel like it could use a cable tie. And the next thing I know it shows, I'm like, oh, it has a cable tie even built into it. But that is one of my minor, minor, minor downsides to it is the cable tie is like a little big. Like if you can kind of see that on camera, Steven. Yeah. Like it's a little loosey-goosey. And especially if you like, we're on, it comes with a two meter cable, like 6.6 .6 feet. And if you don't need all that length, maybe you want to wind up part of the cord. This will do that, but then it just, it just slides right through. So I do wish there was maybe an adjustable cable tie to it, but we're getting pretty darn nitpicky here. Yeah. It's official MagSafe. 15 watts of power, need at least a 20 watt brick to power it up at 15 watts. It has a like a soft touch finish to the outside, comes in white or black, though the puck is still always going to be white, regardless of which one you get. The kickstand on the back is metal and it locks into place so it comes out, it's got a, the perfect amount of tension to kind of hold it at varying degrees and it nicely clicks into place when you close it. So it won't up and on you, open up on you. It's got good uh, collars on the cable so it's not gonna fray here or back on the other end, if there's just a lot of spot for it to kind of de-escalate de any sharp turns that the cable may go through. And I was looking at this and like, man, they did a really good job making this like nice and pretty and pristine. Like there's no regulatory information on it. And I was like, man, how do they get away with that? Like maybe it's on like the inside of the puck and like open it up and like, okay, there's kind of, I see like an input listed on there, but otherwise this thing is still so clean. Yeah. They hit it, Steven, on the inside of the cable tie. The cable tie has regulatory info on That's it. pretty sweet. And I'm like, that is such a yeah, good idea. Cool. Like, no one's looking inside your the cable tie, and it just leaves you with this very clean, pristine exterior to the puck itself. So at 60 mm. bucks, this thing's not cheap. But I really like it, and it's even more comfortable to hold in your hand because it acts almost like fits into like the crux of your fingers. So it's even more comfortable to hold, I think, than the regular MagSafe puck. I'm on board. I like this thing a lot. It's just really hard, I think, for a lot of people to spend 60 bucks on what amounts to a cable. I think I understand where they're getting to this price point from Apple. I mean, if Apple's is 40, 60 for this is understandable. But I think if you're going to have issue with this at 60, you have to have issue with Apple's at 40. Apple would have to drop their price for this to come down in price. And look what you get. I mean, look at this thing. This is Apple's $40 MagSafe book right here. Yeah. And I, I, this is the stupidest thing, but I love it. These things from Nomad. That's a little leather cover for your MagSafe puck. But look, I mean, it looks so much like prettier now. It's it's not cold. That's extra, bro. That, I think that's what that's called. Is that's extra. <laughs> it's the leather stupidest puck. little thing. But I, like, there's nothing else like that. Like, I just think it's a cool little yeah. touch. Well, I like the other options. Like, you know, I was even like, man, I wish Nomad would come out with like a MagSafe cable, like a legit one, like Matt, like uh, yeah. Belkin did. Yeah, sure. And do one with like leather stuff black exterior and cool things like that so i think we're gonna see more of these coming down the line cool but i think they're all gonna be fairly expensive if they're using those official m5 components you know that is, that is cool um 
I will not be getting one of those because I mean, but anyway, uh, b- but because we're talking about MagSafe stuff, I also didn't want to mention, you probably, I think you covered these already, but do you have one of these uh, anchor things? These anchor battery packs? Yeah, I think there's a couple sitting on the floor over here. You're going to pull, pull out a rabbit and then like 18 MagSafe accessories. <laughs> I, just want, I just wanted to mention real quick because, you know, I have Apple's MagSafe. You need to watch the video. See, now this is, this is the week to go over to youtube.com slash Insider because we are both showing multiple products. I'm about to reveal some large things over here that you can't even see. They're off camera. But uh, this is the week to go subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're showing you a bunch of stuff. But anyway, you, know, you got Apple's MagSafe battery pack here, which is... Okay. It actually did come in handy. Uh, My wife was going on a field trip with the kids and for some reason her Belkin three-in-one tree charger, which I gave her after I got the new one, like unplugged or something. So none of her devices charged overnight. And I gave her this one, the Apple one, and it last, you know, she was able to get through the day. So that's pretty sweet. But when it comes to MagSafe battery packs, I also picked up this Anchor one in like the seafoam green type thing. And what's cool is you can actually do one of these things and it's a kickstand MagSafe. Look at that. And the other cool thing is, I appreciate that Anchor has the little like dots on the bottom to let you know that the battery is fully charged without even having to plug it in. Oh, and USB-C. I just want to mention that. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool device. But uh, have you used that kickstand at all on that Belkin one since you've had it? Or is it just kind of... Yeah, I've been playing with it a few days now. I mean, it was kind of, it was it's very nice. I was even using it kind of like a desk setup okay. just for a little bit. Because I'm like, I don't... I don't have, my desk is in flux and it's a mess. And I was going back and forth on like what, like what Thunderbolt dock am I going to use? I found a really nice uh, Thunderbolt 4 one that I liked that had a lot of Thunderbolt 4 ports on it, but, and it was nice and small and compact, but it lacked the one thing I needed, which was Ethernet. So I have another Thunderbolt 4 one, but it is massive. And like, I don't Mm. want this massive one. So I'm like kind of debating between that and the same thing with my chargers. Um, the charger that I would probably prefer to use would be the Belkin three-in-one flat one that I have, and it supports the Apple Watch fast charging, which is a must anymore. But I also don't want a huge long thing yeah. on my desk. I'd prefer a tree stand type one. Yeah. So I need to kind of, if Belkin had an updated tree with the fast charging one, I'd maybe lean towards that or somebody else comes out with something. Right. Yeah. So I was trying the Belkin MagSafe one on my desk because it was pretty handy just deleting my phone kind of sideways, propped up, and I was watching some stuff on there while I was working. Okay. So it was very handy. And I also think it would be great for travel, just like uh, putting on your like your nightstand and stuff without having to bring a full dock, just set it on your nightstand. Yeah. And there you go. That's true. The other option, since we're talking MagSafe, is I've got this guy. The reviews up on AI, uh, Presidio Folio from Spec, and it opens up. You got your MagSafe module on the inside, and it'll turn into a little stand. That's cool. So you have a you have a full on stand, and it holds your cable on the inside, mm. and you just plug it in. So like the cable is wrapped up in there, which is really handy. You put your phone sideways. This is pretty, and it's so that's cool. Thin, it just slides into your bag, and yeah, you got a little portable stand for MagSafe. That's pretty sweet. One day, uh, I was going to show you the Thunderbolt docks I have, but if I hold them in front of the camera, my entire setup will blow up, as in, like, stop working. <laughs> and our recording will be messed up. Yeah, I believe it. You know, I have the OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock, which is Thunderbolt 3. You know, it's got the SD cards on the front, m- micro and regular SD cards, and it's the Ethernet on the back and some other stuff. But I have that plus the CalDigit Elements Thunderbolt 4 dock because I need more Thunderbolt ports. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day we go in-depth on our, our desk spaghetti. Well, that's what we'll call it. That'll be the chapter. But anyway, (laughs) well, I wanted to give a house update 
there were so many people uh, that tweeted and emailed me, Instagram DM me, like a bunch of stuff. And I really appreciate all the info. I mean, there were some like IT professionals, a lot more people than I expected of running Unify Wi-Fi stuff in their home, which is amazing. And so just a couple shout outs because Ryan Off, he DM'd me on Twitter. We had a long conversation. He's got in-depth Unify experience. Very helpful. Justin Rasmussen, he sent me an email. We went back and forth on stuff. And then John Myers on Twitter, he works at AT&T. He has a Ubiquiti setup. He really went in-depth on it. And then Jim Brunn on Twitter actually gave me some info on in-home speakers for the home theater stuff, which we're going to get to. So it's a very exciting time, Andrew. The, the electrical is going into the house as we speak, as we record. Electrical is going everywhere. I have outlets going in everywhere. And then I'm going in and installing Ethernet and speaker wire. I have a box of a thousand foot of Ethernet cable just like off camera. It's here. I got the, the crimpers. I got the cutters, the ends. I got everything. But I got a couple products I'm very excited about. One, it's not new for our listeners, but because this is like one of the first HomeKit products that I got for the new house. Boom. Got the Ecobee. Nice. Ecobee thermostat, the, the new model, which has the Siri support. You could do the Siri voice, the con- voice control with voice control. Yeah. Product names are getting awful, man. That's the Ecobee smart thermostat with voice control. That, yes. So just I'm excited because this is uh, kind of what I think it's the first HomeKit products uh, that I got for the house. So mm-hmm. that's that one. Good. Also ordered a couple Hunter Douglas ceiling fans, smart, you know, HomeKit ceiling fans. Those aren't in yet, but those I ordered those. This, this next piece is going to be difficult to hold. You got to give me a second here. Oh, wait a minute. So this. Yeah, this is why you got to watch it on YouTube. This is an in-ceiling speaker. <laughs> this, oh my goodness, here we go. Okay, uh, youtube.com slash Insider. You got to see this. But anyway, this is a in-ceiling speaker and this is a monoprice one. You know, I went to Best Buy. Let's talk about my experience at Best Buy. Have I talked about that? I don't think I have. I don't know. You've talked about a lot of things. But I've talked know. about a lot of things. I don't think I have because I went, I don't remember. Anyway, Best Buy recommended like crazy expensive speakers. They have a Sonance brand and the guy, you know, he brought me into the room and he was like, oh, these are the best in ceiling speakers. You got to get them. And they're like $900 a piece. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not doing that. So, you know, and the thing about the in ceiling speakers, I'm going with eight inch because if I want to upgrade them in the future, it's pretty standard. Like I can get other eight inch speakers that are much higher quality, more expensive down the road, but I'm trying to outfit two rooms with this stuff. And so going with, you know, not budget, uh, Monoprice has like a kind of a budget line. This is kind of like a middle one and then a monolith brand from Monoprice that's like higher end. But anyway, this is an in-ceiling speaker. I've watched like a thousand YouTube videos on how to install these. It's very interesting. This is like a magnetic grill. It just attaches via magnets uh, to the front. Sweet. And then these are actually the angled version because these are going to go behind the sofa, angled towards the sofa, and in another room, they're going to be at the front angled towards. So these are going to be a front speakers in one room and then rear in another. So these are angled, and then they also have the same model but flat. And I'll be doing the flat ones for a Dolby Atmos speakers that go directly above the couch pointed straight down. And so in one room, that's what I was going to ask. Like that's the one reason I would do like a full-on installed setup. Yes is for more accurate Dolby Atmos. Yes, and that is what, in one room, I'll be doing a 5.1.2, which is left, right, center speakers by the TV. 
I'm gonna have left and right rears, which are gonna be these angled speakers. And then I'm gonna do two Dolby Atmos speakers that point straight down at the sofa. Again, a lot of the YouTube setups, I mean, that's what they talked about. So that setup will actually be Dolby Atmos. I already have my Denon receiver for that. It's from my old house. So that'll be Dolby Atmos. The second room I'm doing won't be Dolby Atmos, I don't think, unless I wanna buy like nine speakers because the Atmos is the third decimal point. So if you have like 5.1.2, the five is your left, center, right, and surround. Point one is your sub. Point two is the Dolby Atmos. And the Dolby Atmos are supposed to be like right above where you're sitting pointed straight down. So you can do 5.1.2 or 7.1.2. Probably not gonna go all out with that. But today, uh, I also have arriving, it didn't arrive in time for the recording, but next week I'll show it to you. I tried the in-wall subwoofer from Monoprice. It is in-wall. I mean, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. So we'll see how that sounds. I'm actually gonna hook all this stuff up today. And I got like banana plugs for the speaker thing. And like, you know, got speaker cable. I got like hundreds of feet of speaker cable too to run all over the house. So I'm gonna like actually plug these into my Denon receiver today just here and see how they sound. We'll see. And uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm really excited about this. Magnetic grill thing is, is really cool. Nice. You know? One suggestion that someone had sent in, and I don't remember where this was or if you had saw it, I didn't think about this, which I did here in the studio, which is when you do it, um, your cabling, put conduit because it makes it a million times easier to swap it down the line. And like that's what I did here for all my studio stuff was running conduit. That way I can easily just put in a new cable with relative ease whenever I need to versus having it stuck in and you know, stuck like that. Yeah. And then I was also seeing this week, like we had been lamenting, you know, Wi-Fi speeds and cable speeds and stuff like that. And what was that AT&T announcement? I, oh, I can't remember how fast it was. I don't know. You mean about their like home internet thing or whatever? Um, yeah, no, but it was, <laughs> it was much more. We're Googling. We're feverishly Googling. Oh, I can't remember. Is it AT&T fiber with gigabit yeah. speed? No, I think it was more than gigabit. What? It was like 10 gigabit or something. Yeah, they had started to roll out like 10 <sighs> gigabit and they promised like fair pricing and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I need to start planning for that. Like, I mean, not like that's coming here, but if I was like doing something, you know, like you're doing, I would be really thinking about, you know, 10 years in the future, five years in the future, like where yeah. things are going to be and what you need to be prepared for. I also saw that people were complaining about Starlink, like right after we had talked about it. Yes. People were like, oh, I, I signed up for Starlink and I, and I haven't heard anything from customer support and they don't answer my emails. Yeah. Like, well, okay. So update on that too. But yeah, the AT&T thing, they will offer symmetrical two gigabits up and down and five gigabits data speed starting at $110 a month. I was paying $100 for 400 down on Spectrum in my last house, just to put that in perspective. That does not sound that expensive. No, like, not at all. Like up and down. That's so fair. That's amazing. So it's coming to 70 metro areas, including Dallas, Los Angeles, and Atlanta, and they'll be expanding it. Listen, where I'm living, this this will never come. I mean, I'll just say that. But good news. I know on the last show, I stated my horror that Spectrum Cable Internet said they might not service my area, but they did send out somebody to survey the property. <laughs> and I, they didn't, they never called me. Like they never let me know. So I called them because I was like sweating bullets. I was like, what's the deal? Do I have internet or not? And yes, Spectrum said they do service that area. They actually have well, at least a gigabit down service in that area. But with cable internet, it's a gigabit down and then like a snail speed up. 10 up. Yeah, it's like 10. Yeah. 10 to 20 up, which is insane. But... Yeah. 
At least I have internet. Fun uploading a 4K video to YouTube <laughs> through cable. Yeah. So at, at least, at least I have cable internet. I'm not going to be dependent on Starlink or some kind of weird in-home cellular hotspot. I have internet at the new house. We'll be able to continue Skyping with reasonable uh, quality. So uh, very was very excited about that. And uh, last thing I'll say about the new house really was researching the Ubiquiti lineup. And it gets a little complicated because with Ubiquity, you need their like dream pro system to like run everything. Like it needs a brain. Plus you need a switch if you want to do power over ethernet. Then you need the access points. So it can get pricey. Not that much more expensive than getting like three Eero Pros. I mean, three Eero Pros, I think is like five, 600 bucks, maybe more. Uh, I know my Linksys Velop system was pretty expensive for just two nodes. I think it was like six or 700 bucks. So it's not that much more expensive and you're getting a big switch, but the Dream Machine Pro, like you do need something to like run the Ubiquity setup. I did have one guy, uh, he messaged me and said, Ubiquity, I guess had a breach last year. And like, that was a little bit concerning. And a bunch of IT people who were using Ubiquity have gone to something else called, I don't remember what it is called. It started with an A, forgive me, I need to find that. But it's another like IT grade in-home Wi-Fi setup that I guess people are going to. So I'm still probably going to go with Ubiquity just because it's like I understand it now. I've done enough, like I've sat on their website enough and read things enough to get what I need to do to do it. The breach was solved and like for residential things like you know, it's, it's pretty safe. So anyway, oh, Aruba, I found it. Aruba is the name of, look at you. Look at this. Aruba instant on. This was sent to me by Justin Rasmussen, who I mentioned before. And this is another kind of like it level Wi-Fi system. Again, used in a lot of commercial situations, but you can use it in your home. I'll put a link to this Aruba instant on in the show notes. But keep your recommendations coming. Again, if you guys have experience with the in-ceiling, in-wall speakers, in-wall subwoofers, any tips on how to really make it good or, or any, you know, running into issues. I did get rough in mounting things, which like you basically put this little circle bracket where you want the in-ceiling speakers. And when the drywall people come in, they'll cut the holes for you, which is amazing. I'm not going to have to like sit there and cut my own ceiling, which I really didn't want to do. So pretty excited for that. And um, yeah. I'll, I'll update everybody next week too. Things are happening fast over there. So, well, should we try and get some uh, listener questions here? Let's see what we got. Yeah, I guess we could take a look at a few listener questions. That's it. We got to do it. So, Andrew Williams on Twitter, he was actually just telling about his Leviton switches and he wanted to brag on Leviton because he had some fan switches that stopped working. And apparently, his model Leviton switch was discontinued, but he contacted Leviton support and they sent him. The second gen Leviton model with HomeKit compatibility just as a replacement to fix his broken uh, switch. So kudos on Leviton. Great customer support. Very cool. I like those, especially their new ones that have like that second, they're Wi-Fi based and they have that second switch that you can like the anywhere switch. That's either a switch or a dimmer. So you can have like, you have a room with one wall switch. Now you have two. You can literally just put a second wall switch in and they all work with HomeKit, which is great. Ian actually had a recommendation when we get back to our best of HomeKit categories. We did a few weeks of that at the end of last year, kind of highlighting specific categories in HomeKit. Talk about wired HomeKit devices. You know, so you can either have Ethernet connection, so you don't have to depend on Wi-Fi or hardwired power. 
we'll try to include that as we go. Again, some things just, you know, like if you're looking at a doorbell camera, we've talked about before, the Robin Pro line is the only option for like a hardwired HomeKit camera. I don't think there's any other... I mean, they're all hardwired to power, really, almost all of them in HomeKit. Right. But then, yeah, without, like, Ethernet, Internet, that's really the only one. Even cameras in general, there's almost none that work over Ethernet, unless you're looking at, like, the IOTA. I think that's got... The, right. the Abode IOTA has Ethernet into it, but most of the rest. All on Wi-Fi. There's very few that are going to over... I mean, we can talk about this at a greater length in a different thing, but all sensors are pretty much going to be battery-powered, and anything that's going to be, like, connected over the Ethernet versus Wi-Fi is going to be something, like, hub-based, like getting, like, the Akara sensors that'll go over Zigbee to a hub that's plugged into Ethernet, but you still have to worry about wireless networking. So. Right. Okay, so we'll we'll try to include that when we get back to our category roundup again with all the... New home stuff and news, you know, we'll, not sure when we'll get back to that, but we, we will, we will. Uh, Aaron Rulig on Twitter was asking us about the Wemo Stage controller and asked, can it control HomePods? Like if you want to mount HomePods up high, can you shuffle a playlist or change the volume? And like we just said in the earlier segment, absolutely. Wemo Stage controller control HomePods, either playing something, strictly adjusting the volume right from this Wemo Stage controller. So yes, you can. Great question. Which I love that I, I think we've talked about a little bit on the show, but that there are all those like wall mounts for yes. HomePod and HomePod minis or ceiling mounts. Like you can literally mount like HomePod balls to like your ceiling. Yeah. Like the HomePod mini ones. <laughs> like there's a lot out there that people have thought of and it's really cool. I am hoping maybe at WWDC that Apple will introduce some kind of either home theater, virtual surround, or allow you to use HomePod minis as like surround speakers. You know, because right now you can use two HomePods for audio with your Apple TV. And they even say, at least with the larger yeah. HomePod, you could get Dolby Atmos, you know, virtually, which it, it does sound really good. I have two big HomePods hooked up to my TV. It sounds great. It does virtualize some of that surround. But how awesome would it be if you could have like, use my two HomePod minis in the back as surround and the Apple TV could just figure it out. That would be a lot of data. To move over Wi-Fi, you know, if you had like five channels, let's say like five HomePods, but it'd be cool if they did something like it. Well, there's, there's, so I don't think we're going to see anything at DubDub, but recent rumors have said that the AirPods Pro 2 are going to have a new uh, wireless codec for lossless audio. I don't see why if you're going from your phone, your Mac, your Apple TV, whatever, to your AirPods, why you couldn't do the same thing from your Apple TV to your HomePods and you're going to have a higher quality audio streamed and possibly, like you said, more. you're going to need more bandwidth there, right? So right. if you have more bandwidth, maybe it'll be enough to do like multi-point surround versus just your two stereo output speakers. So it's a possibility there, but people have said that it might be called AirPlay 3. AirPlay 2 came out quite a while That's ago. True. So it's a possibility. Very cool. All right. Next one from Alex Hall on Twitter. He was asking, are there other options for like motors that you can put on a curtain rod or something with curtains to automate the curtains without like buying smart shades specifically. Akara has announced that they have their like curtain motor coming. It's not available just yet. Other than that, there's the SwitchBot one, which we've talked about before, which doesn't have HomeKit right now. You can automate it with Siri shortcuts and you can, you know, control it from the SwitchBot app, obviously. But other than those two, and again, the Akara is coming, 
I do not know of another option. Are you, do you know any? Um, the one that I had saw at CES is still coming to the U.S. That's from Wachow. Oh, yeah. Wachow. W-A-C-I-A-O-W or something like that. Wachow. But they yeah. had like three different... Yeah, I assume it's... Yeah. It's basically... I, I assume they're going to hire Owen Wilson to do Wachow. Wachow. Like, just like from Cars. Oh, yes, yeah. That's yes. what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, no, they're still launching in the U.S., I believe. I haven't gotten any information from them. Like, I've talked to them since CES, but I don't have any, like, launch windows, anything like that. But they do have a few different motor options for curtains, blinds, that kind of stuff. Very good. Okay, cool. Well, coming soon, hopefully. Uh, this next question is from YSR50 on Twitter. And this is, you have more experience than I do on this, but how weatherproof are doorbell cameras like the Logitech One, Wemo, and Arlo? Would you bother installing one if your house had no porch? or overhang cover. So I assume maybe you have a door that just kind of is right outside. There's no covering. How weatherproof are these doorbell cameras? Have you put like a bucket of water on these to test them, Andrew? I have not, but I also wouldn't, well, I wouldn't have a bucket of water on them, Sure, sure. but I wouldn't have any problems putting them outside. I would not have an issue. So the IP65 rating, able to protect against jets of water from any angle. That's what you're looking at. So you can't submerge this, but it's able to hand, handle jets of water from any angle. That's what the IP65 rating means. That's going to be more than enough for handling snow and rain that you're going to encounter outside of your house. They should be just fine. So yeah, I, I have some outside that are not covered by a porch, like in the backyard and stuff. There's like maybe like a little bit of an overhang, but I'm not worried one little bit. Okay, very cool. Well, there you go. All right, one more question, and we have more, but we'll get to them hopefully next week. This is from Derek on Twitter. He has a question. Having two wired HomeKit doorbells, did you have to upgrade your transformer or do you run into any battery charging issues? Well, I think Derek is assuming that maybe you tried to hook up two doorbells on the same door to like test or whatever. And so maybe that's why you need, like he's asking about transformer or issues like splicing the wires to two. But I like I think you did it at like two different doors, like a front door, back door, right? I assumed he was talking about like maybe a house that has two doorbells. Maybe you got like a side door and a front door and both have doorbells attached to them. And if a HomeKit version was drawing additional power versus a standard doorbell gotcha. and you needed to install an additional transformer. I don't know the official answer. Sure. And I always get nervous, like recommended any any sort of wiring <laughs> anything don't blow up your home because i don't want you to blow slash burn your house up so uh don't do anything that i'm going to tell you to do but for me i you can buy you can buy power supplies that are rated for doorbells like there's a bunch on amazon that are rated for rings and all sorts of other video doorbells like they're just literally little boxes put in a wire long wire you get the two little ends and you just connect it to your doorbell and they run just fine i have tested a lot of doorbells, a lot of doorbells. And this setup has worked for all of mine. So right now I have like three wired doorbells around my house and they're all just running off of these little power supplies. So that seemed to work for me. I don't actually have a doorbell setup at my house. So I don't have any way of like actually installing these into your normal house's wiring system. I I don't have to plug anything into the chimes in the back. I just plug these directly into power and run them that way. So that has worked for me. How safe are these? I don't know. So that's that's what I I always have to like skirt that question. Oh, why didn't you install the transformer? Why didn't you install the chimes? Yeah. Uh, Because it didn't. (laughs) 
I'm running it off a power supply. And I, I mean, I legit have these outside. Like there's, right. a, I, have, I have nothing wrong with it. And I, the one by my front door, I siliconed into the corner so you can't see the wire or anything like that. Like it looks all nice and clean, but it does give me issues like this. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I sure I have three, but I didn't wire them incorrectly. Right. So right. Don't come at me. <laughs> Uh, Andrew is not liable for any uh, the power. Legal disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Don't 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 blame Andrew if you blow something up. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's legally ab- ab- absolved. What is the uh, what is the uh, like when you get uh, totally immunity? Is it immunity? Something like that. You know, legally you cannot be prosecuted yeah. for this. Whatever. Uh, amnesty. Legal indemnity. I don't. <laughs> we are we are lawyers. Look at us. <laughs> no, we are clearly not. But. Uh, what we should convince you of, listener, is again to go to youtube.com slash homekit insider, subscribe and watch the shows there. Again, we showed lots of stuff on camera today, so that was a lot of fun. You can comment there. Also, if you haven't yet, give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to give you a shout out at the top of the show for those who leave those ratings. But anyway, uh, we'll keep. I'm gonna keep updating everybody on how stuff. And uh, yeah, next week, Jennifer Tui. And be excited for next yeah, week. Yeah, next week, yeah. Jennifer. I was just gonna yeah. say that's our. Plan. That is our plug. Next week, Jennifer Tui from The Verge is going to be joining us. That's gonna be a lot of fun. So thanks again for tuning in, Home Kit Fam, Home Kit Tears. Catch you next time.